Surprise! Welcome back to another episode of the Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Center for Leadership and Engagement. I'm Joseph Perez, Coordinator of Leadership and Development, and hope all of you are doing well. Don't forget to wear a mask if you haven't gotten vaccinated, and if you got vaccinated, congratulations. Today's episode is going to focus on what students think about communication and how we can learn from that and events that are happening around us to further develop our leadership skills. Stay tuned for that and more after the scratch. Communication, right? Like, you know, you just mentioned earlier, Ariana, in regards to your example, you know, communication, what gets left out, what gets left in, the tone, especially in a virtual format. What do you guys think about communication in terms of leading, being a leader? Do you want me to recap my situation since I was like a... Um, yeah, if you want. Completely up to you. So, yeah. So, I just had class and um, we're doing like group projects and the professor had assigned the groups um, and then he asked in class who wants to be like the leader of each group because he's going to give that leader an extra five points for being like the leader of the group and I went to go type my name in the chat and right after I sent my message someone else sent a message the same per- like another person in my group volunteering to be the leader so the professor calls and says oh like that other person you'll be the leader when like in reality I guess like if, if he I guess he didn't see my message come in first but like usually like I guess it should be the first person who asks you know so it was just like kind of confusing and I I felt like it would be more problems communicating to try and change it to be me than to just let the other girl be the leader and move on yeah Yeah. like part you know part of leading is knowing when to fight your battles (laughs) (laughs) knowing what hill to die on so to speak exactly Yeah. yeah I mean, that, you know, that's just a small example, but then again, like if you have a, you know, if you put it on a larger scale, like you probably, if you overlook a message, that could be the difference between a successful campaign and a failing campaign. You know, that's when we run into issues. But yeah, definitely, because I think it, and that impacts like my relationship with my professor, because it's like I don't know if he just didn't see my message, which is most likely the the reason. But I can also feel like maybe he didn't want me to be the leader. You know what I mean? And that can, and that's just like implied communication. And that can happen in any situation. You know what I mean? If you don't respond to someone's message, someone might take that personally. And especially in a virtual format, they can't see someone's reactions. You can't see someone's like vibes and stuff. You can't really read, get a read on a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that whole implied communication, like it, it's, it's frustrating at times. Because sometimes you, sometimes you, you got to know, you, you have to maintain a sense of professionalism, right? True. you don't really want to let them like you don't want to tell them your true feelings but you also want to like also bounce the implication back to them like hey i'm implying that maybe i didn't like what you did mm-hmm. maybe we should talk about it um i actually had an issue with a for, with a friend of mine over the summer you know it was a lack of communication or miscommunication and it was through text primarily and we talked about it yesterday and he actually said that when we were texting, he was mocking me and I didn't get it. It just completely flew over my head. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I, I, sometimes I really do prefer, you know, face-to-face communication, kind of like how we're doing right now in a virtual format, but mm-hmm. I kind of miss the old days where we, you know, it would just be mm-hmm. us in a room and it would just be us just talking. 
Mm-hmm. Leslie, yeah, what do you think? Thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think communication is kind of like a big challenge that we have now. And I think partially it's just because like we're all very like tech savvy and everything's like texting, things like that. And personally, I'm not good with that stuff. So um, I prefer like either face-to-face or like phone calls because I just feel like everything kind of gets messed up because you're not able to see like their body language. And when you read a text or something like that, it's like, you're doing it up for your own interpretation. So you can read it any type of way. So even though it may have been something, you know, that, that was meant to be like a, in a professional setting, you may be like, okay, well, this person's kind of giving me attitude here. Type of thing. Um, Ariana, you brought up something earlier regarding, you know, the possibility of you might be taking things personally. And, you know, one thing I've learned is, you know, you can't really take anything personally. Mm. Um, it's, like, at least in this, like, in the school setting, right? Like, I'm not sure if you guys are going to be in different careers, you know, different business settings, professional settings, or, you know, you're going to have to have thick skin or it might be the culture or it might be, you know, the implied communication aspect. I mean, I learned that in my first year working here, you can't take things too personal. Sometimes I would be like, wow, like it wasn't a large turnout, but you know, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of, a lot of mitigating factors in play. You know, you know, you did the best you could. I did the best I could in that scenario. And, you know, you can't really take things personally. I mean, if you have an issue with somebody, you know, obviously pull them to the side. But when you want to get a message across, how do you do it? What is, what's the best way to, to do it? You know, through, right. is it through engage? Is it through email? Is it through face-to-face communication? Is it through postal, postal mail? Mm-hmm. You know, like you guys are, well, you guys have positions, right? I feel like, oh, I don't know. Am I able to answer? Of course. Or is there, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I was going to say, um, like personally, like my RA boss, like she likes to ask us, so how do you like to receive feedback and like, criticism and things like that? Because everyone is different mm-hmm. so that you are, you know, taking it, but you're not getting offended by it or anything like that. So, so she kind of caters to person to person. So I'm like more straightforward, like just tell me how it is. So mm-hmm. there's no confusion and I'll kind of get over it and fix it type of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it does, you know, you, you do have to be adaptable in each scenario from person to person. Like, uh, Ariana, I remember when, when we first met, uh, I was kind of like really rude. I was kind of a bit <laughs> of a jerk. And, you know, you, you know, you gotta have to reach out and communicate these issues and to resolve these issues because, you know, house divided doesn't really bode well. Right, really? Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say about like the not taking things personally, obviously, like there's a lot of situations where you have a professional relationship with someone. And there's times you just got to leave things at the door. But I mean, I think it would be it would you'd be remiss to say that we are as humans, not emotional beings, and that emotions drive us in a lot of things we do. And in fact, Mm -hmm. when we're at work, oftentimes, the thing that drives us is our passion which is derived from our own emotions. So when that emotion feels as though it's shut down, the passion can get get shut down, therefore motivation gets shut down. And I think that gets to the true heart of leadership is being able to motivate and communicate with someone in a way that doesn't impact them or or doesn't doesn't feel, make someone feel shut down emotionally as well. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously I mean you have to have communication between the two people to understand how not to shut someone down emotionally, but I I think it it, it does play a part. Mhm. So, I mean, yeah, like being uh, emotional intelligence does play a huge part into the whole communication aspect. Mm-hmm. Being able to listen to a person's other side of the story, right? Not completely right. shutting them off. Being able yeah. to be open-minded with things and understanding. Like you may disagree with it, but 
understanding is more important. Listening, active listening. Like people, a lot of people don't listen sometimes. And listening is probably one of the best skills leaders could have. Shows that you're paying attention. You're being attentive to what you're saying, your needs. Yeah, that's so true. And I kind of wanted to go back to something Leslie had said earlier, how her boss asked, how do you want to receive feedback? And I think that's so crucial and something that not a lot of leaders in, in, in a leadership follower kind of relationship talk about is like, what kind of leadership and management do you respond best to? You know, like there are some people who like positive reinforcement is good. That's going to help them. Other people, they might be like, oh, they're telling me I'm doing a good job. So I'm a relax. So in those situations, you shouldn't be giving that person as much positive reinforcement, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it would be, it's, I know sometimes like I've been in a relationship with a boss where I'm like, I think this boss doesn't like me. And when I actually ask them and confront them about it, they're like, no, I love you. Like, you're great. That's why I never tell you anything. Cause you're great. And then I'd be like, well, why didn't you tell me that? You know, <laughs> and, and it can cause conflicts when you don't have that type of communication to say, Hey, listen, this is how I like to receive feedback or Hey, listen, this is how I like to, to talk to you about your feedback. I agree. I think it's really crucial though for like leaders to also be able to kind of reinforce that someone is doing a good job too. It kind of also keeps them motivated. Like I understand they may be doing a good job like consistently, but it's always nice to hear like reinforcements because it just makes you want to do your job even more, like even better. Sorry. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. definitely. You know, great points. Uh, you know, obviously I like to talk a lot to you guys and, you know, I usually say good job or, you know, we, I give you, you, you guys feedback and, you know, feedback's a big thing, especially if you want your people to succeed or to better themselves. Like, mm-hmm. Leslie, you, you brought up a great example with your RA boss. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I give feedback to you guys. I mean, like I'll give you guys, you know, constructive criticism if that, but a lot of people, it seems that some people, most people are afraid of feedback. They're afraid of like, Get giving something to someone to look over, mm-hmm. and because they're afraid of the, they're afraid of getting negative backlash, and it's not really backlash. Like it's all about the mentality. Like you're trying to better yourself, so you know you're obviously gonna like mm-hmm. you're like a resume, right? You gotta give your resume to someone that you trust, and someone that will give you honest feedback. You know, it depends on how you like yeah. the feedback. Like Leslie likes it to tell us like it is. I may like it like all right, just give me some you know some suggestions, or you put it in a Google Doc and then put the comments yeah. on it. You, you, you do want feedback, but you also want it to be from the people that are close to you, people that are in, invested in your personal and professional development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think also speaking like, like how it is, like saying it how it is, I feel like leaders today, though, it's hard to find a leader that tells you how you can fix something instead of just telling you, you did this wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I know I've had past uh, bosses that will tell you like, Leslie, you did this wrong, like go fix it. And I'm like, okay, but what did I do wrong? How can I fix it? Like, how do you like it like that? Like it's, it, again, it goes back just to communication and being able to, in that leadership role, be able to explain yourself. So what do you want me to um, do and how do you want me to do it so that I don't mess it up for the next time and kind of waste both of our times. Mm-hmm. It's like um, getting, you submit an assignment and you get a grade for it. Mm-hmm. Let's say you get a bad grade and it just leaves notes. And it's like, what do you mean this <laughs> note? Like how, why did I get this? Mm-hmm. Grade? Can you even apply it to relationships? Like if someone just yeah. to cut you off, why? Yeah. I remember for our RA class, 
well, let's take that out. Let's put for one of our classes. Um, so we had a teacher who would just assign, we felt like random grades, but when we would go back to see like, why did we get that grade? There was no explanations. Um, like we would even work in groups for some things and we would all have different kind of grades. So we just wanted to kind of know, so what is like the rubric or like, how are you kind of grading it? Is it just based on like, what you're feeling or is it really based on the actual work that's on the paper because I know we were all kind of stressed about our grade because we're thinking we're doing a great job and then we see like a B on our paper when we believe that we deserve an A type of thing and then you see someone else who kind of like was like oh I just did it last minute and they get an A type of thing yeah kind of reminds me of, reminds me of uh, my first graduate class uh, I submitted an assignment and it was a group project and I'm not really that big a fan of group projects, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. So I get my, I get my paper back and turns out my professor wrote, he just put B minus a minus. And he just wrote a bunch <laughs> of notes that make no sense. And we asked, I'm like, what is, what, what is this? I, we don't understand. <laughs> like if you don't understand something, obviously you would ask the person like, Hey, I don't understand. Can you clarify this? Can you explain this? But my professor didn't want to do that. I guess he was just being a jerk. Or maybe you don't have time, but it you know it helps to have to lay things out in a clear manner so that there's no if ands or buts, there's no misinterpretations because you know a lot of the things we say can be taken different ways, it could be misinterpreted, right? So like if you're leading somebody, right? Like you or if you're talking, if you're having a conversation with your boss or your supervisor, whatever the case, like unless you have that type of casual relationship, you should be saying things that are clear and not left open to interpretation sometimes. And I think sometimes that just, it, it's hard to understand what is really left up to interpretations because some things like we may think is implied, like, oh, I've done this a million times, so I know you have to do X, Y, and Z when you do A, B, and C, you know? And, and so something that I've found really helpful in my work environments is when someone gives me a direction, they say, hey, can you get this, that done, this, that, and the other thing done, and they give me a huge list, I'll be like, great, can I reiterate that for you? And then you, like tell me if I got it right or I got it wrong you know what I mean and that's so helpful or when someone's explaining a concept to me and they're like do you get it I'd be like let me say it back to you and you let me know if I got it and that's so helpful right I agree I've been using that too and it's honestly been helping me a lot especially because I don't really have like good memory like that so I know sometimes I forget and I'm like wait what did he say but now I actually like jot it down in the list I'm like okay so you do this this and that correct and then I actually it saves me so much time, so much of a headache. Yeah. And that way you don't have to go back and ask them a bunch of questions. But right. also then feel free to go back and ask a bunch of questions mm-hmm. before you do it wrong and then hand it off and then have to redo things, you know? Yeah. It's very intimidating too, I feel like sometimes because you don't want to seem like you don't know what you're doing or that you weren't paying attention. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, wait, maybe I just really don't. Like everyone learns in a different way. Maybe someone's more hands-on than you just kind of telling them, oh, do it like this. Yeah. Definitely. Do you when 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 you guys get direction, right? When you guys get assigned tasks, do you guys usually prefer like an open-ended task or a task with specific directions? It depends on the task. Yeah. Sometimes you want that freedom to like be able to put your like spin on it, but other times it's like honestly, just tell me what you want. Just tell me what you want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like for example, like the workshops that you know we that we help host for the department but whenever i ask you guys to send out emails 
know, that's a little bit free form. But if yeah. you need to, let's say, record something for this, that's when you guys start asking questions. Yeah, what, no, of course. What are we talking about? What, what do we do? What, what, what do you mean? Yeah. What should I say? Like, I think, like, in, in those types of settings, like, where you want us to do, like, a video, um, just because it's going to be, like, broadcast and things like that, it's always nice to just kind of have a little outline of, like, some questions that you want us to touch upon, mm -hmm. and then we can add our spin going forward like that but then when you're kind of left like to start it on your own that's what's a little bit challenging whether like an email like okay i got it like i'm going to put my little spin on it but the information will be there you know yeah. it's all a matter of uh, personalizing so that whenever you like let's say we get someone gets an email from the leadership account like if we don't put our names on it they can look at our writing style and see if it's you know myself or ariana or leslie whatever the case mm -hmm. right yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's just a matter of, and, you know it, it's, it's also about projecting yourself right presence mm -hmm. kind of like being in, on a stage or acting like you, you know, it could be a scene with two people but if you have one person here communicating clearly and with the body language helping with the communication like that's a big factor too like i'm pretty sure you guys have had meetings on campus and stuff and you guys have to present stuff on campus you know do you guys stay behind the podium or do you walk around and make yeah. sure that you're you know you're you're making sure that they're noticing you mm-hmm almost like public speaking right yeah i feel like that's more engaging to kind of look at um when you are kind of outside that podium because i know like a lot of lectures and stuff they kind of like to stay behind that podium but sometimes i just want a little action or something up there <laughs> to like keep me engaged because you know sitting in a lecture for two and a half hours like you want a little something like at least let my eyeballs move a little bit yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, some of my old uh, previous classes were like that i had a professor that was like that I mean, most of my professors in grad school, like they were great. Like they were engaging, they would walk around and they, you know, whenever they would split us up into group activities, they would walk around and ask us questions and have a conversation with us. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, you do have some professors that do that. You have some professors that don't do that. You have some professors yeah. that would prefer to have other experts come in and just have them speak, guest speakers yeah. essentially. And I think in, in today's day with like online classes, we're going to have to redefine what it means to create an engaging presentation because like you talked about like going away from the podium and, and walking around. In fact, I just had class today and a professor kept on trying to walk away and I was like, bro, I can't, I can't hear you. I can't hear you anymore. Walk away from your computer, you know? So it's, it's, it's creating new interactive ways, like maybe creating like a poll in the chat or everybody throw your responses in the chat. You know, making people get up and look at the computer instead of being able to just sit on your phone and play a game. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It, it helps inter make that presentation interactive. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think teachers need to really like and professors need to get really creative now so that they can keep people engaged and actually want to like do the work and hold them accountable. Like even doing like I know one of my classes for like our reviews to make sure that we like kind of paid attention throughout. It's like Kahoot games at the end. And I think those are so fun because it's like, okay, now I actually want to like pay attention and know what I'm doing and then have the review to kind of reiterate that information at the end in a fun way. It just makes it more memorable. Definitely. Valid points. Valid points. You know, it, it's hard. You know, the whole transition from in person to online has been incredibly difficult for people that aren't tech savvy. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, you know, it's another case of, you know, us learning as we go along. Like, mm -hmm. Even like, even like with, with myself, like you guys have told me multiple times, like, yo, your mic like, sounds really static. You sounds like you're far away. So I had to adapt. I had to get myself a microphone. 
and you know the microphone broke on me so i ended up buying another one for myself like (laughs) it's it's tough because it requires you know for the professors you know if they're if they have a a laptop that doesn't really work or the mic doesn't work they have to invest in another microphone or something to make sure that they're clear and concise right i think like this is a great opportunity though like if you turn like i feel like I, i like to turn every situation to like a positive light i feel like everything happens for a reason so i think this was an opportunity just for people that maybe not have had the opportunity to get like tech savvy to really understand technology. Now they're forcing themselves to learn. Like mm-hmm. I know my mom, she got a laptop for the first time and she's so excited to learn. <laughs> and I think it's just like a, an eye opening time for everybody. Like, of course it's going to be hard to adjust, but once you actually learn, there's so many more opportunities and things you can do. Yes. And it's, it opens up a world of possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, back when I was back in like the nineties, early two thousands, you know, this is before your time. You guys are probably mm-hmm. born in like early 2000s, right? No, 1999. 99? How about you? Oh, 99? So like, yeah, like you guys were just born when the technology boom really blew up. Back when mm-hmm. we had T-Mobile sidekicks and Boost Mobiles and we had the, the Chirp Chirp. We had the beepers. and the Flip phones. <laughs> you know, we had the flip phones and instead of, you know, having a nice iPhone, we would have a flip phone and we can use it as walkie-talkies. <laughs> so, you know, we had the Chirp like, Chirp, Chirp. And we would have the custom ringtones or we would record you know, voicemail messages yeah. of songs from the radio. <laughs> like, and now, you know, we have so many ways of communicating now and now, and now with the pandemic on, you know, it's up to us to figure out what works, what doesn't work and how to mm-hmm. best deliver our message across or to get our message across. Mm-hmm. Right now we're, you know, we're, you know, we're communicating now for the podcast and it's kind of, you know, it's different if we're doing it in person because, you know, we got like a, the mask on it might be harder to hear or even with your professors sometimes your professors may say something or they may forget to say something so you know that's why when you guys re ask to reiterate it keeps them on their toes as well because i know I, it's happened to me sometimes like i probably assigned something to you and you repeat it and then i completely forget or you remind me of it mm-hmm. like you know, it's, you know especially now with an election year coming up like how are we how are we going to vote? You know, like, how are we going to communicate our vote? Essentially, you know, you have the mail in and then we have the in person. We don't know how we're going to do it because it depends on each state. Yeah. But I think that they're doing good in the sense of like coming up with ways to ensure that it still goes through and everybody's voice is heard, Mm -hmm. um, given the circumstances. So uh, I think that that's being handled well. It's just a matter of now implementing it and seeing if um, they actually follow through. Because I know there is a lot of controversy with that, but like, you know, at the same time, you still yeah. want it to happen and people's voices to be heard. So you got to do what you got to do. Yes. And especially, you know, at least on campus, you know, they, they're using social media all, you know, all over to push this initiative. Yeah. Everybody. I actually vote. saw that on Instagram. It like right when you enter, it's like, uh, did you sign up to vote? I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. they're even taking initiative here. You know, and, and I saw it too. I mean, I'm registered to vote. I just, I might have just have to change my voting station because I think I still have it in my old, in my old neighborhood. But, you know, these are things like things that we can use. I think it's examples that we can use to help push our personal philosophies or to expand or share our personal leadership philosophies to others. Mm Because at the end of the day, you know, it's not just us. You know, we are also elevating people. Yeah. Making people better, you know, through us. You know, you guys are learning stuff, uh, things from me. I'm learning stuff from you guys, so on and so forth. Hi, Destiny. What's up? Hi. What's up? So, you know how we talk, we have, have a bunch of different topics that we talk about, right? Mm-hmm. So today we're talking about communication. 
So, yeah. you know, you with your experiences and all of the activities and clubs that you've been a part of, like, how's your experience regarding communication with other students, other faculty, pro staff, and the like? I feel like um, communication is a very big part in anything that we do because um, being involved in so much on campus, I realize how miscommunication can really erupt the event. It can even cause um, tension between um, the, the partners. And I feel like communication, when you have like a, a set plan and you're communicating throughout the whole plan, you're able to exceed your standards and you're able to create a very good environment for everyone else because everyone knows that if you don't have good communication, then it won't go as well. And I feel like with me, um, I had some events where the communication was off and it caused it didn't cause the event to be not successful, but personally, it attacked me as my character because I'm doing all this, and I felt like sometimes people don't understand the way people communicate, so you also have to be aware of like how other people communicate and how they pursue anything. Because I know I'm a very, I'm a quiet communicator, but I can be a loud communicator. I'm very, but I always keep an update. And if I'm going to communicate you, and if I'm bugging you, like I know, um, trying to get orbs on campus to participate in events, I will email them every single week just to let them know. Okay, this is coming up. This is coming up. When an event is that important. Um, also, a way I also communicate is like I write everything down, and then like I make sure that I go over it. I'm like, did you get this? Um, some bad ways of communicating, I felt in my past was between e-boards and people not setting their standards. Setting standards is a way of making sure that everyone is on the same plan. Everyone knows like their job and what they're supposed to do and the requirements of like everything that we're trying to achieve. Um, some things that I feel like really helps students and the relation between pro staffs is just Reading, reading manuals and like any job things like that's a good way to communicate because you know what you're like what they're expecting from you and that way you can actually like see okay this is what they want so this is what I have to do so yeah yeah I mean you always have to like adapt the communication style because mm -hmm. you're always gonna be interacting with different types of people yeah. um, like like I told you earlier regarding my <laughs> The, the the winery winery I keep forgetting how to pronounce it. It's like how do I communicate my interest in this? Yeah. <laughs> how am I gonna tell her yes I'm gonna go or how am I gonna tell her no I can't go because it's too far. <laughs> yeah. But you know the thing with communication is that you know a lot of it has to do with you know the verbal language and your body language right? Yeah. Because like right now I'm not, I'll have a meeting in a couple of hours and I'll be like this not interested but I am interested you know I'm here I want to hear what the person yeah. has to say but you know. You also got to project that confidence, project that interest and stay engaged. Mm -hmm. Maintaining eye contact, mm -hmm. you know, moving your hands or asking questions along the way without yeah. interrupting too much. So that, that way the speaker knows that you're paying attention and that you're not just tuning them out. Yeah. And like you said, like communication is just not verbal. It's like everything, your physical, your mental, everything. And I feel like um, some people can say like, I'm when like I get in the zone, people are like, are you sure you're interested or whatever? I can like, sometimes when you're so focused, you don't realize your facial expression, your body language speaks for you. And that's why it's always, oh, you always have to be aware of like the things that you do, non like, non-contra, like you're like, sometimes I'll walk, people are like, are you okay? Because my face looks like I'm mad, but I'm really okay. That's oh, just like, that happens to me all the time. <laughs> I'm just in the mood. I'm just going. like So 
that's definitely important to like be aware of your body language because that's people can like vibe off of that and the energy that you're giving off is like what they're receiving and you don't want that energy out in the atmosphere or anything mm -hmm. now what about social media i mean do you use social media do you yeah know? i do i mean I, I there was a time where i didn't use social media like i was mm -hmm. I was going through like a really bad breakup and <laughs> I decided to just cut off social media because it was affecting my productivity. Mm. So I have, I, I have, I have my Facebook for family and I'm back on Instagram, but I don't really use Twitter. Like, do you use Twitter? I just, I just got a Twitter account. Oh, so I don't use it as often because I don't understand Twitter. It's like Facebook to me, honestly. That's yeah. what I feel like it is. Yeah. It's just like a bougie type of Facebook, <laughs> yeah. honestly. Yeah. I guess, I guess you can say that, except that you can't say too much because you only have 140 characters. Yeah, which is the same thing with Facebook too. But Facebook, you, I think actually they fixed that. I don't know. I no, face, I'm pretty sure Facebook. I'm over. A, now I'm on like Instagram as well. I'm coming back to Snapchat too. Oh yeah, I haven't used Snapchat in like five five years. Yeah. I would say like actually four. I would say four, three or four years. Yeah, but, I just started this year because I was I was doing something with a friend and I felt like being petty. So. Oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I have so, I have a petty friend. Like she sucks at communicating, mm -hmm. and it, it it gets me. It, it, it makes me laugh mm -hmm. back in hindsight because I was talking. Uh, this was twenty sixteen, right? So like mm -hmm. I'm here talking with my with this girl that I met, mm -hmm. and my friend and I were talking on Snapchat every day, and we had that little snap streak on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. You know, they got the number next to the name. Yeah. So like we were on like 150, 160 days. Going on four months, and the girl was talking to us like, you know, she likes you. And I'm like, no, she doesn't. She's my friend. She's like, no, she likes you. And it's kind of weird. And I'm like, all right, like, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to tell her to stop being my friend. Like, you know, I could probably tell her to, you know, cool it for a bit because I'm talking to you and I don't want to give you the wrong impression. Mm -hmm. So I told my friend, and like, she went extremely petty mode. She's like, oh, why don't you just be with her? You don't have to be friends with me. And I'm like, oh, like, I'm trying to communicate to you in a nice way, calmly. I'm trying to give you my side of the story because, you know, yeah. part of communication is, Listening, like people don't listen as much. Yeah, and listening is different. Especially on social media. Like, and comprehending too. And, and yeah, comprehending, understanding. Mm -hmm. And she just like lost her. She she blew she blew a gasket, and it's like, yo, why are you yeah. getting so mad? And we didn't talk for a bit, and then you know she got over it, and she understood. But you know, it all depends on the type of person you're talking to, right? Mm -hmm. And especially with social media, like there are things you can that can be taken out of context. <laughs> so you got to be yeah. really careful about what you say, depending on you know who follows you and who you follow mm -hmm. and stuff. But you know. Social media is like an extension of ourselves at this point, right? Yeah. Like, and like, even like, I understand with the miscommunication. I feel like some people, what I realized that some people are going to take it how they want to take it. They're not going to see it in the way of the person who's posting it. It's the point you put something out there for people to get it, but you have to keep in mind that they're not seeing this picture like how they're seeing it. And like, and we think of art, art is a way of communication, how people express themselves. And like, I, for example, um, I previously had like a conversation with someone who unfollowed me because they felt like I didn't support them in their um, presence, their run for like a SGA something. And I was just like, I posted it because I posted, I'm a very, when it comes to my leadership skills, I'm a very, um, I support my friends, and if I see that my friends are coming out of their comfort zone, I'm gonna post them and I'm gonna acknowledge them, and I'm gonna like I have like this spotlight where I'm like I, I do a random appreciation of one of oh, my man. friends or whatever. <laughs> I don't like that. That's so I literally like I posted like this this quote that says um, leaders something about leaders that create other leaders, and some it was like something in that context where it basically helps build. 
as in like my relationship with other people build each other and how they're now they're already coming up they're coming out to do all these leadership rules because I inspire them to like get out there and see how being involved in campus opens so many doors for you and it opens to let you see who you are in that atmosphere. Sometimes it may not work the way you want it to, but it's a way of getting yourself out there and trying something. You can't knock it until you try. Of course. So I she did not like what I said, and she felt like I was attacking her when really I wasn't. I was just, just trying to boost her confidence. I was helping friends out. She wasn't even my friend. Okay. I was helping. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, okay. And the thing is, I don't. It's not that I don't care how people take it. It's just that I put it out there because this is my platform to express myself. Mm-hmm. And then those who who target it, they will get the message because they know they have they know our relationship and they understand. So I was very proud of my friends and then. Then we finally cleared it up because the communication was bad at that time because you never hit me up when you felt some happy. But now we're having a conversation, we're able to clear out the air and move forward. Mm-hmm. So that's all that matters having that bridge of like having that understanding where you and this person can gather together and come to a mutual understanding. Yeah, of course. You know, I feel like the social media is like one of the biggest factors now. Like back in my day when I was your age, we, we were all over Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I was all over Twitter. Like I, I had, I have Twitter. I haven't used this since 2013, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's such a big deal now, especially mm-hmm. with the elections coming up. And, and I, I really like how mm-hmm. most of the Montclair students—they're going hard. Like they're going super hard. Like yeah. shout outs to shout outs to my former student worker Fabiana. Like she's been all over that for the entire year. Like mm-hmm. she is on point with it. And you know, there are some other students, you know, alumni and current students that are like the vote, registered vote, you know, because. Mm-hmm. Know, they, they're using their platform, yeah. you know, like you mentioned, you know, the, the Instagram, the Twitter, and everything else. Like they're just mm-hmm. getting getting it out there, yeah. and it's up to the individual to determine whether they want to vote or whether they don't want to vote. That's up to them. Mm-hmm. But at least you know we're getting it out there, and you know, I like what you said. Like you can't control their reactions. <laughs> you can't control how they're gonna react to something. You can control your reaction, but you can't control it. Like you can mm-hmm. probably anticipate it, but even then, like it's your platform. You know, you don't really mm-hmm. owe an explanation to anybody. Sometimes kind of do if they're close to you, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of owe it to them because, you know, you guys are friends. I mean, in your yeah. case, she wasn't your friend, but, you know, it was just a like. still like, still, you don't want anyone to feel comfortable even if they're not your friend or not. Of course. You want to have that mutual respect also. So I definitely understand that. Yeah. What are your thoughts on communication, guys? How can we develop our communication skills off of what is happening in today's society? Let us know using the voice memo included in the description or tag us on our social media. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash CLE leadership and our Twitter and Instagram is at MSU leadership. We want to hear from you guys. Stay tuned for the next episode. And as always, take care of yourselves.